I am the executive producer of Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you are listening to the Master of One podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One podcast, the podcast that's better today than we were yesterday, but not nearly as good as we'll be next week, so you should just wait. Part one this week, we talk about Westworld Finale, Titanfall 2, and Artists for Education. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games. So get ready to be simultaneously excited now, but also weirdly let down that this will one day be less good than the one that's in the future, because it's time to get this one started. Wait, are you still here? We said wait. every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our week but before we do that we want to let you guys know about a way that you can support the show patrick what's that uh it, patreon that's the answer so patreon.com forward slash of one podcast patreon is this awesome service that uh allows you to show your support for us help us reach goals uh things like uh paying for hosting upgrading equipment that kind of stuff uh, and in return, you get cool rewards. An example of that is launching uh, today is our November blooper episode. So all the weird, terrible things that we all say, or special Mostly guests Andrew. like Adam Grayson, Oh My Gosh, whatever, <laughs> those get compiled into really another full-length episode. I think the one coming out today is like 35 minutes long, 40 minutes long. Um, and then those get released to the people that are sponsors at, um, you know, that, that tier or higher. So, uh, that's one example. There's a, uh, you know, a bunch of other, uh, rewards out there. So check it out. Patreon.com forward slash M of one podcast, uh, for you to support us. Yeah, um, and as far as things that are coming up this week, I know that uh, on Friday, Mondo is doing their Nickelodeon show. It's a tribute gallery show to Nickelodeon, so with um, all sorts of different artists, including our friend over at Ninja Turtles, um, doing a Ninja Turtles piece, I'm assuming, Ciro Neely. Um, and so he's he's doing a piece, he's contributing. I I'll be he out only there. does Rugrats. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah, hate it. Exactly. It'd be cool. Yeah, Rugrats I think is going to be there. Rocco's Modern Life will be a part of it. Ninja Turtles. Ooh. Ren and Stimpy. Um, Guys, come Ren on. Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Uh so it's going to be cool and they're Salute doing like a special thing. I don't know if Salute Your Shorts is going to be in it. It better. Um hey, no, they dude. they listed they listed it. Um but it's uh it's going to be a cool show. I'll be out there. I think I might be meeting up with uh, our our other friend Jeff Delgado from uh from yeah, South he's a Park cool fame cool dude um he's gonna be out in austin so i think we're gonna hook up out there so uh if you're gonna be in the austin area and want to go to the the opening party it's friday night um so come on out it's gonna be a great time um luke is there anything else coming up that we need to know about this week no we're basically just on countdown for rogue one now yeah it's honestly my my body feels like that's what it wants to be don't get ahead of yourself and by the way i need to wrap up my rogue one story that everybody got to listen in on uh, number one, La La Land is this week, so don't that that movie is going to be incredible. That is going to be so incredible. While yep. you're waiting Rogue on Rogue One, just uh, huh? Still not Rogue One. It's yes. a pre- it, no, it's a it's a it's a prequel to Rogue One, right? It's the musical prequel to Rogue One. I feel like That's you're now in La La Land. 
So anyway, check out Land. Land. But let me let me wrap up my Rogue One story. So everyone knows that I was buying tickets. That was the goal, and it took like an hour during a podcast record from like midnight till one in the morning for like the the servers to be on and me to be like like a couple times I got it all the way to the end where you click purchase and it would just spin forever and then time out and I wouldn't get anything. Uh, finally, I got it to work. I bought a whole row in a theater. And uh, so I could, you know, me and all my friends, that type of thing. We could see it together. Super excited. I just and remembered where this story is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a whole thing. Again, like one in the morning, finally bought the tickets. I spent like 160 bucks. Uh, next morning, the first thing I do is is one of the guys that, that I want to take with me, He, we work together. So first thing I did is go in there and be like, listen, bro, put this on your calendar. You and me, Star Wars, it's happening and he reminded me that that was the night of my office Christmas party. So, <laughs> that being said, I am now not going to go see Star Wars opening night. I'm going to go to an office Christmas party. Uh, but in wait, you, you know, guys are going to go see to- office Christmas party over Rogue One? No, but to try to <laughs> ooh, actually, that's going to be a good movie too. I think oh, to no, try it's not. to. No. Come on, TJ Miller's funny. To try to make I mean it's going to be a terrible movie, but TJ Miller's funny. To try to make up for part of the pain that I'm feeling now. Number one, it's, you know, me selling all the tickets or whatever, that's not a big deal. That's fine. They're already gone. But um it, my boss is taking the entire office to see Rogue One. So that will that will make up for it. It just won't be opening night. So that is that is a wrap up of my story. Well, why don't you continue the wrap up of your story into your week? Yeah, that would make sense. So so two cool things I want to point out. Uh, number one, I saw another movie, Edge of 17. Uh, Edge of 17 just came out. I think it actually came out last week. I just finally saw it this week. I took McKenzie to see it. Uh, it's gotten great reviews, like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's Woody Harrelson and, uh, man, I cannot remember the other girl's name. And, uh, Woody Harrelson really is a man. Uh, yep, that is true. <laughs> it's Woody Harrelson. I can't remember the other girl's name. <laughs> um, Correct. So it's, it's Woody Harrelson. It's not Emma Stone, a, is it? No, no, no. no, no Emma Stone, Stone is in La La Land. Yes, yeah. correct. She's in La La Land. Yeah, it's uh, sorry, it's Woody Harrelson. It's Haley Steinfeld. She plays Nadine, um, and then her brother is Blake Jenner. So Blake Jenner is who you're going to remember from Everybody Wants Some. He was like the incoming like freshman in college. That's who plays her the her older character? brother in this film. Yeah, for, exactly. That was like the main character for Everybody Wants Some. He is the the older, cool, like senior high school brother in this film. So Edge of 17, uh, here's here's what I learned. Uh, it's not a bad movie at all. Uh, it turns out when you're um, my age, which is almost 30, you don't really relate with a lot of problems that a 17-year-old girl faces. So it's hard to like really fully enjoy a film about the struggles of a 17-year-old girl. That's what I learned. Yeah. So, Good to know. Not a bad film. Woody Harrelson provided some comedic relief. Um, wasn't, you know, it, it, it just it is what it is. I think if I'd seen it 10 years earlier, I probably would have really loved it. It feels uh, like a 17 year old girl. Movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. You said it's a good movie. It doesn't feel like this is a good review. It's I mean, it's, it's just a good movie that's not for me. That's the whole thing. Well, then like, what I, makes I it good? Have, like, how do you know it's good then? If you didn't relate to it and you were like, you're just kind of meh about it. Yeah, because I don't have the problems the main character was having. Like, they seem really, like, insignificant. I have no empathy for the situation, but I can see how someone could struggle with that. I've known people that have struggled with what she's struggling with, but I just have no empathy for the main character in, in the, you know, her arc. That's the problem. So, I can recognize that it's good. The pacing's good. 
it was told really well. It felt very believable, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I just don't care at gotcha. the end of the day. Okay. I get that. Can I interject the thing here? Um, yeah. Yeah. Luke, I know you talk, you've, you've said, I don't know if it's ever been on air or if it's just been in conversation, but I walked into the podcast studio tonight, um, to, to get everything set up and two of my prints had fallen off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you see how it's completely blank up there now? Now yeah. it just looks, now it looks intentional. So that at least that's, there's yeah. that. Well, it, yeah, if I didn't, if I never said it on air, we have a running joke that, uh, uh he takes a picture down every podcast because they, they, they fall just they after do. time. Uh, yeah, the, uh, what I thought was the most ingenious hanging method ever and that I had cracked some code. Uh, turns out the code works for about eight months and then, uh, then the code just cracks. Yeah, so, you know, just, the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the Ghostbusters print I have up at the studio, the, um, uh, Quiggle piece, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It fell. <laughs> it fell like uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Did it break? Guys, no, no, no. It fell. Okay. We have that little none of, couch None right of there. mine have broken. Like yeah, none yeah. of the glass is broken. So that's good. No, I just run a screw straight through into the wall. <laughs> oh, like, good, all, like four corners. Like at an Arby's? Uh, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> or like an Applebee's or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you make, you make no attempt to actually like hide it. Uh-huh. Some of the screws go in at an angle. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, there's it. one like straight through like Mackenzie's shoulder in our wedding photo and stuff like that, but it's fine. Like, it's oh, not you just gonna go fall. straight through the middle, not even the corners. Wherever you just the go stud straight. is. No, I just, right I just put four ends. Uh, it doesn't oh. really matter where you get four screws in, it's probably not falling down. So, that's, true. that's, that's you know, you're true. probably right. I'll, um, I'll keep that in mind next time one comes work down. for everything, though. You get four screws in certain things, they'll fall over. That's true. <laughs> So All right, anyway, tell us what you got. I honestly there. don't know where that was going, but this is this it is my, just went my there. That's it. Stopped. This is my second piece. Um, so I uh, we have awesome people in the community, and you listening, y'all are awesome people, and we love you and appreciate you. Uh, thank you. Way to way to really kind of <laughs> shoehorn that in there before whatever you're getting ready to say. But uh, awesome person <laughs> in our community. So I bought a pen. From uh, Mr. Nate Bear, and uh, and this is what I got in. Andrew, if you can kind of look, I don't know that it's going to fully come through, but this is his catatonic pen. Can and you so say it's can, like a, if I can kind of look? No, no. So it's got glitter. Can you see the glitter in the yeah, pen? That's what yeah. I'm saying. So it's, it's catat- really cool. Right, it's catatonic. So it's like a, a like a a potion or like a little poison bottle or something. It has a cat with two X's. It's it's all looks like gold trim. Um, and then the the liquid that's in the bottles. So this is a hard enamel pen. Is like a purple glitter. Yeah. Uh, it looks just incredible. So and it's actually got. It's going to be super stable because he he did the thing I wish more people would do, which is it has two posts on the pen. I like seen when you that. Put a pen that's on. trending more now. Yeah, and then like it spins. Uh, this is nice because then they don't. So he sent this to me, but what he also did is he sent me a bunch of like little prints. So he sent me his like happy Demogorgon. And then, uh, I'm going to show you a couple this little like ice cream monster. Uh, it's a tear or, um, something. It's like a ghost. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I'm just flipping through them. I love that one. I have that stick. So he did that sticker. You go back that, uh, arcade, um, machine. He did a sticker, of it for uh for what's whatever the name of the thing is yeah so what's it called hey. what's the name of that service <sighs> stick slap a sticker slap a sticker slap a sticker i think it's slap a sticker now they, oh, ch- okay. they changed their name yeah okay 
So he sent all that. He sent a couple stickers as well. I think some that he did. I want to say one that his, his uh, girlfriend or, or wife or whatever did. And then he also sent me this little hand-drawn, uh, drawn, <laughs> drawn. I don't know how I said that. It's weird. Note. Um, all really, really cool stuff. Let me say this. Um, Nabear freaking kills uh, marketing himself. Amazing. Like the stuff he does, whether it's like Instagram or uh, Patreon, or he has a Patreon. I think it's patreon.com forward slash Nabear. Um, any of the stuff I've seen him put out, uh, his business cards, his holiday cards, his, his pins and all that kind of stuff. So uh, did you see his pizza sticker set? It's like a circle and every sticker yes. is a slice of pizza. Man, he is, he's just rocking it out. So if, if you want to, um, man, see someone that is uh, building a brand and building it well, uh, go check out Nate Bear's stuff. he's doing stuff. it, doing it, and doing it well? Yeah. It, did someone else already say before it me? Is that a rapper? And doing it well. Yeah, that's that's true. But uh, yeah, NateBearArt.com, uh, super awesome stuff. And man, this pen is killer. I want to say there's two versions of it. I could look it up, but I'm too lazy. Uh, and we have to move on. So cool. uh, Luke, why don't you take it? Okay. Uh, since we're talking about pins... Uh, I am going to, uh, talk about a pin that I got. Um, I saw it, uh, I got the, uh, idea from our friend, uh, Andrew Kolb. He was, uh, he posted a picture on his Instagram, uh, dancing and he, I saw this pin instantly in the post and I said, I have to have it. So I did a little internet snooping and I picked it up. Oh, it's a D20. It's a D20. Uh, and it's just, it's super good. Um, it's nice and clean. Yeah, it's a hard enamel. Wait, I love is it. Luke the one that hates pins? I do. Yeah, he was. No, I do. What happened? He was. I I support this, and I support uh the Star Wars pin that Mark gave me, and our hot seat pin. Those are the three that I will wear. Everything else is that dead to me. Hot seat pin is good though. The hot seat pin reminds me a lot of that D twenty pin. Yeah, I don't know if you can say that because you designed it, but it is good. Well, he I'm just means it's like say. black and silver, <laughs> yeah. nice and clean. I will yeah, say that I wish the enamel. D20 was silver instead of gold, just because I, I just can't rock gold. That's not my thing. But I love it because Dungeons and Dragons. So You're uh, gold in my heart. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, but second place in everybody else. I got that pin. Other than that, man, this week has been uh watching watching some tv i uh i i caught up on all some shows from being gone there's just stuff i've missed um i i, f- I feel like i don't know what to do i know we're going to talk a, in a little bit about a show that just ended um i don't know what to watch next i think i'm going to watch the leftovers has anybody watched that yet hbo no, show because i'm watching behind. i'm simultaneously watching newsroom right now you're watching it right now what, what, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously it's not on the air anymore, but I'm saying I'm, I'm not watching it like while I'm podcasting. But yeah, I'm watching Newsroom. Oh, now. Right. I'm going through. No. I've never seen the show. Oh, it's so good. I love Newsroom. I watched that twice already. Um, but left the left be uh, the left behinders leftovers. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Uh, We're gonna watch the left behind movies here. That's a good the one. leftovers is a series on HBO, um, and it, it's something about like two or three percent of the world just disappears or something. I don't know. Looked interesting. It's gotten really good reviews. That's kind of all I know about it. So if you've seen it and it's good, let me know on uh, Slack or on Twitter or something. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, awesome. Andrew, how about your week? 
Oh my gosh, so much stuff um, has happened this week. I've gotten a lot of stuff. I was on for a while. I don't. I mean, people don't care, but I, I, for a while, I was on kind of like a not like a spending freeze, but like I had just accumulated enough stuff that I just couldn't and shouldn't have bought anything for a while, and so I hadn't gotten a ton of stuff. Um, but that apparently all just ended um, <laughs> last week, and so stuff is starting to come in. Uh, one is uh, I got a package from. Andrew Kolb, and it's got this, uh, he, he put out to our podcast, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, a discount code, um, before it went out to the public. And, uh, it was for like 25% off or no 50% off, maybe, uh, stuff in his store. And, um, I got a lenticular, so I don't know if you, if, if everyone who's listening is familiar with the lenticular. It's that thing that occasionally shows up on like, uh, movie posters or, um, cereal boxes back from like the late nineties. Um, or where, second like, grade you, paraphernalia. Sure. Where you turn, you uh, turn the picture left and right and that, you see. Yeah. Yeah. That dungeonology book that I talked about last week, there is one in the back of it. So, um, I have this lenticular. I know you may have seen it on my Instagram, but I'm I'm showing you guys if you're looking. Yeah. Um so Leonardo, it's Leonardo. He did one of each of the four turtles. It's Leonardo and he's essentially just picking up a foot soldier and swinging him onto the ground back and forth. It's very very fun, very cool, very cold. I also got a uh um a Hellboy print which is amazing. Holy crap. It's a screen print of like all these different scenes of Hellboy from him it's fantastic i got a star wars print from him um and then i got the over the garden wall mondo uh album which is insanely cool it came with a book inside of it with sheet music to all of the music from the show which is really neat and then the vinyl itself is like a a yellow and amber eyeball it's very cool um the artwork is is amazing and it's fantastic and then today um, oh man, I got so much cool stuff. I got a thing from, um, so Omgarsh, so, uh, Mr. Mark Bowden, he sent me, uh, this soda label, um, that he made. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> of me, and it's called Andrew's Ale, um, and it's a ginger ale label, and he used my face, um, and did this whole label, top and bottom label for a bottle, so I, um, I have that, it's on my, it's on my, uh, shelf now, I cut out... I printed it out and cut it out and put it on, um, put it on a bottle of ginger ale, and now it's sitting on my sitting on my shelf. So that was super fun. I also showed up a couple days ago, and uh, there was a tube sitting in my living room from Mister Doc Redicus, um, and from another listener of the show. Huge, cool. He's not huge. He's nor- he's a normal sized man with a good heart. He's I, I, larger than life for sure. Larger. His heart than is life. bigger than his body, though. That is absolutely true. It's um, a terrible deformity. <laughs> it's actually really um, dangerous. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, but he sent me for my birthday a print that um, he and I had talked about a while ago. Um, and it's beautiful. And he sent me a little book um, that he had done. It's like a little sketchbook that is also printed by him. Um, so I'm just like enamored by our community. But then also today, um, I got this in the mail, which is the Gremlins. Uh, two disc vinyl from mondo and what's so cool about this do you guys know like what makes this special yeah the water the, the so it's on the, the f- moisture sensitivity right 
So there's two different there's two different elements, the cover and the back cover of the of the whole album. The artwork is beautiful, first of all, but it's mostly white. But if you if you put UV light on it, the front and the back, if you expose it to UV light heat, um, then the ink turns like this reddish color and you can see graffiti all over it that was drawn on by the gremlins and then on the inside you've got um the two discs one of them is um gizmo looking frightened but he's just on a white page but when you get it wet then you see the mean gremlins all around him um like staring him down and freaking him out. So, you know, just like in Gremlins, if you get them wet or you expose them to light. Um, but here's disc one. It's uh, gizmo Man. colored vinyl. Yeah. And then the other one is like a green. It's a brown and brown and cream. And then the other one is a green vinyl to be a Gremlin. It's incredibly cool. I've never seen anything like this. So um, I got that in the mail today. And then finally, I won't talk a ton about this, but I got Secret Hitler. And... This is the most beautiful game I think I've seen in a right? while. Oh my gosh, um, right? It's insane. Who, who did cool. all the artwork for it? Um, uh, listen to the episode where I talk about it because I, I mentioned names. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and listen, find that episode. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Luke, can you make sure that that gets in the show notes? Nope. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Luke, we have a lot of people with a problem with authority. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, peek behind the curtain. I don't do that, so I don't know how. So, yes. I just mean, like, can you make sure we know what that episode is? Can you track it down for us? Okay, cool. We'll make sure it gets in the show notes. I would totally Um, do it if I knew how, just so you know. But it's it's very, very cool. Um, It takes place in in uh, pre-Nazi Germany, and Hitler's trying to rise to power, and the artwork totally reflects that. Um, It went online... Like it was a Kickstarter for a while, like Luke talked about, but it went on on Amazon... um, at the end of last week, and it was up for less than a day, and they're completely sold out. Um, you can't even get it right now from Amazon. Wow. So um, hey. it's very, very cool. Um, you should check it out. But that was my week. So much cool stuff came in the Gosh. mail, and uh, it's fantastic. What? The only You've been so busy because you've just been checking your mailbox. That's, that's <laughs> where all your stress is coming from. <laughs> all the stress is, oh, have I gotten that thing yet? And that's not even all of it. There's going to be more stuff that I get in the next two days that I'm, I'll be excited to talk about next so, week. Let me, I, it's very possible I actually have a package from Andrew Kolb sitting down in my mailbox right now. I just, I, you know, I live in an apartment. I got here too late and, and I couldn't go check it. Um, but really quick, fun story. You know, he was running that promo code for 50% off. I bought two pieces for him. Totally forgot the promo code was there and didn't use it. Um, <laughs> now, Oops. I don't mind because yeah. I like supporting artists and, you know, I'm happy to give him my money. I don't like, it's totally just not even a thing. But it, you know, it, it was a kind of duh, <laughs> like, like yeah. dough moment of like, I did, oh, I could have gotten 50% off and didn't. I did, I did the same thing with, with Joshua Budich. He had a free shipping um, deal that he that he had going on and just got all the way through the checkout and to- had forgotten about it completely. And I'm like, whatever, it's like 10 or 15 bucks. I'll gladly give that to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was just one of those things where it was like, dang it. <laughs> In any other situation, you want to take advantage of the deal. But... um. Yeah, so that was our week. Um, I think that's it for our Around the Table. Up next, Master Categories. So every week we talk about Master Categories, and those are the tokens we drew the week before that give us the categories. And we were lucky to have our friends at Arsenal Handicraft give us all our own categories. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. It doesn't happen very often. Um, And so Luke, as the master of toys and games, let me give you the first... Time to talk. <laughs> okay. Thanks. 
Um, <laughs> didn't say the master of English, did he? Oh, no. no. Blah, 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 no, blah. That's fine. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Toys and games. I got, uh, I, I, I played a game, and it was really good. Um, I played Titanfall. Can you believe this is not his first time podcasting, <laughs> yeah, everybody? <right? laughs> I played Titanfall 2. Um, Titanfall 2 is a game put out by Respawn Entertainment. Uh, it's on PS4, Xbox One, PC. Um, you uh, you are a, a pilot of this uh, these giant mech, and um, there's uh, the big component is multiplayer where you play against other people um, as a as like a soldier. It's kind of like it's very reminiscent of um, Call of Duty, like the newest, the Infinite Warfare. It's like futuristic, mm-hmm. like. You can jump and hover, f- jump and stuff like that. Um, but the added thing is these mechs. So you can call down after so much time, you can call down a mech, and all the mechs have different uh, weaponry. You can do different loadouts and stuff like that. Uh, very reminiscent of Call of Duty, except with mechs. Uh, but the can the, I ask a quick question though? Are yeah, there tech mechs? No, there's <laughs> not tech. There's mech tech, uh, but not tech mech. Is it possible oh. that that was a joke? Nah. No. No, no. <laughs> I feel like it was serious. Um, but the the campaign story is uh, is what I really liked. Um, so the idea is that you are this character voiced by Matt Mercer of Critical Role fame, uh, a, a very uh, well known voice actor who's almost in every video game imaginable. Um, but you're this pilot, uh, or you're this you're this rifleman, and you're you're training to be a pilot, and then something happens, and all of a sudden you are thrust into uh, controlling this mech, and you have uh, you have to complete this mission that got um, um, kind of stopped in the middle because of some things that happened, and um, it's really cool because the the mech uh, the idea is that the mech has like this AI that um, you you have like a neurological link to, and that's how you control it. Um, but the mech also it's kind of like Optimus Prime. It reminded me a lot of like the Optimus Prime character from Transformers. Um, and the way that that character acted and related to uh, your main character, and uh, the graphics are great. The storyline is 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 good. It's pretty simple, um, but it's a good playthrough. the The game graphics are good. The game uh, the gameplay controls are are very intuitive. Uh, it's very easy and it's challenging. It was it was a good challenge. It was a little short. I will definitely say it was short. But I think the focus of the game is multiplayer. Uh, online multiplayer so if you're looking for a long campaign play final fantasy uh but if you're looking for just some good fps uh i like this better than call of duty it's still not as good as overwatch but if you like more like military style uh play titanfall so it the i like i'm not a big fan of like the mech deal but the but i've seen some of the the like still shots or some of the video stuff of titanfall and it it looks cool like that's yeah. totally not my vibe you know i'm a i'm a i'm a, a side scrolling plumber punching uh sure. tube you know well not tube pipe diving guy but right. that is really really cool it seems really fun it's also so, it's awesome the it's very fluid getting in and out of your mech um you can do uh like you can wall run in the game and you can kind of like wall run into like running close to your mech and hit a button and you just he kind of like grabs you mid-air mid-air and puts you like inside it's really like cool. prince of persia style yeah it's very cool that's cool 
Um, so, okay, um, I'm gonna take it because I feel like we're gonna end on Patrick's because um, there there may be some uh, spoilers towards the end of his, so we want to be able to uh, have everybody be able to hear all the way up to that, and if they don't want spoilers, so. Um, I got art and design, and uh, one of our good friends of the show, Mr. Uh, Andrew Kolb, our friend from the North, uh, posted something, uh, and it's very, very interesting, and I thought it was just totally something that our community could get behind and and really kind of see the, the use and benefit of. So there is this... Um, uh, this I don't know if it's an organization. It's a it's a movement. I think is what is how they refer to it. It's called Artists for Education, okay. and it's this movement that's starting on Indiegogo. There's a campaign going right now, um, and there's a month left for them to raise their goal. So it's it's brand new, um, and it is this idea that schools um, and this is not this is a widely understood thing. Schools are underfunded. Right. And some of the first things to go are the art programs and music programs. Right. Um, for instance, Cooper's school, they don't have any art programs. Um, they have like volunteer led art. They have this thing called, called art a la carte, hmm. where someone comes in like once every couple weeks and does like an art activity with them from the community. Um, hmm. But they don't have like a, a traditional art class here. That's um, strange. Yeah. And so what they found is that. Um, Students in the classroom, uh, and this is something that I think most of our listeners would uh, would understand, if not everybody, um, the environment that our kids or that we sit in plays a huge factor in how much we 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 you know pull from that environment, <clears throat> like how much information we draw from that environment, how much we engage in that environment. If we sit in a very sterile, boring room. Um, our imaginations just aren't as um, engaged. Our minds aren't as engaged. We don't retain as much information. That way we get bored and we get distracted. Um, what they're trying to say is, um, or what they are saying is that a lot of information in these, like you, you, you we've all seen these, like um, these posters that, that go up in like the libraries and in the schools um, that seem like they're from like 1982 and they right. say read more or whatever. Um, and what they're saying is, if if more attention was brought to that and make, actually making those posters more visually appealing, um, bringing actual design and art back into the classroom, that we could actually put information on those posters and have children um, retain more of that information. And mm-hmm. as a way of supporting great artists and supporting art and then actually helping our kids become more engaged in the classroom. And so what they're doing is um, they are trying to do just that. They are trying to raise funds so that they can then um, hire, uh, hire's not a great word, uh, support artists to do work for them that is educational poster artwork, among other things, um, for posters to go in the classrooms. And what they'll do is put these posters up. Um, you can buy them. Uh, you can buy like high quality museum, uh, quality Jaclay prints, but then teachers can also go online and download them and print them in their schools for Mm. free to be able to put them up on the wall so that kids have access to, um, great art and great messages. Um, and so, uh, things like, um, infograph style things about space um, down to geometric shapes and cells in plants and animals um, all the way down to just the simple um, uh, a sign that just says read right and so um, but they're all done in these very unique fun very modern and eclectic cool 
art styles, things that you would see at Mondo or that you would see um, in these high-end galleries, but uh, bringing that kind of art to kids so into the classroom so that we would have a higher retention and more art appreciation and more education um, through art. So it's a really, really cool idea. It's a really noble idea. And you can jump in and support this thing for as little as $5. Um, and that helps get this thing started. They're trying to raise $7,500. That's not a ton of money. This community, our community of people... <clears throat> If we just gave $10 a piece, we would help them uh, uh, oh, yeah, reach that goal. So, um, but it's it's an incredible opportunity for us to, to even if you don't have kids, because like Patrick, you don't have kids, no. but you can see the benefit of this greatly, right? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, so someone was telling me a story today. Um, y'all may have heard of this. I, I had missed it. Did y'all hear about the guy that like tried to kickstart making potato salad? Did y'all, did y'all hear about that guy? Oh yeah, I remember. It was yeah. like last I was year he was in Ohio or whatever. He was trying to kickstart ten dollars to make potato salad, and yeah. uh, he, he started having these like stretch goals of like he'll make it with like um, you know all organic food and in whatever. He kept going. He raised something crazy like sixty thousand dollars. Nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on Kickstarter to make potato salad. Um, and I think my and take not away- potato salad for other people. It was just potato salad for him to eat. Yeah. Now he ended up branching out when he got so big and he ended up like doing like a festival and, and whatever. That's not the point. The point is the money is not the issue. Like the money is there. If people right. spend $60,000 so a man can make organic potato salad, <laughs> then you can invest $7,500 in uh, children and art education. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's such an easy thing. Uh, we all like, even those of us, like, you know, we have to work jobs. Like we have to, a lot of people that listen to us. I mean, we, we hear a lot of stories in the, in the community and stuff like that. Like we totally understand the fact that you have to work and you have to provide and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is in the scope of kind of like the world and where it's at and then where a lot of people in our country are at and things like that. The majority of the majority of us are very, very, very overly privileged um, and we have more than enough. Even if we feel like it's kind of tight, the reality is more than enough. So to give 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, the reality is that's, that's nothing for, for you that are listening right now. That's really, if you think about it, not really anything to you like that. That's something that's very doable for a very, very good cause. So, um, yeah. just, just like you're listening right now. That's awesome. Um, put some action into it, like, like step yeah. up and support it. Yeah, and, and and here's the deal. So you paid for a potato salad. Like, do you understand <laughs> that? Like, sixty thousand dollars to make potato. Okay, go ahead. So here's the deal too. If you go through Indiegogo, you can support them and actually get something back. So five dollars gets a thank you from them, but fifteen dollars gets you a swag bag and some things that are part of there. Some uh, some stickers and some buttons and pencils. Um, Twenty five dollars gets you uh, a T-shirt and some stickers. Thirty dollars gets you a poster, like one of the posters. And here's some of the artists. All right, so here's. Here's where, like, the you know, for those art enthusiasts just alone, here's here's some of the artists um, who are contributing to, to this so far. Um, Josh Lewis, Brave the Woods, Scott Fuller, Ben Stafford, Corey Carbo, Andrew Kolb. Ever heard of them? Um, so you've got these, you've got these <laughs> Wait, men is and that women. The Scott Fuller that I know? Maybe. I mean, uh, I don't know how many I'll, Scott Fullers there are. So um, <laughs> I'm looking. I'm keep going. Is it Studio more, Temporary Scott Fuller? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. 
It's it's oh. entirely possible. So we'll we'll just leave it at that for now. Okay, uh, go if ahead. it is, then what we'll say is, hey, Studio Temporary, why didn't you tell us on the Slack channel? But anyway, yeah. um, we digress. It it is a very very cool opportunity for you to support art, for you to support education, and uh, and get something really cool out of this. So um, go do that now. Thank you, Andrew Kolb, for posting it. Um, hopefully they hit their goal and then exceed it abundantly because. Uh, um, when I found out that Cooper wasn't going to have art class in his school, uh, honestly, there was a piece of me that was really, really sad. And it's in, and it's a kind of an intangible thing, but um, so much of my life and my memories of early childhood center around being in art class. And to think that that piece for Cooper isn't going to be part of his adolescence was a very, very hard thing for me to swallow initially. So sure. this is a way to help um, uh, to help make uh, a little bit of a difference in our educational system. So, all right, that's it for art and design. Patrick, take us home. You got TV and film. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to talk about Edge of 17 some more. I thought I would just do a more <laughs> in-depth review. <laughs> Uh, by the way, let me point out real quick, that is Studio Temporary. I just pulled it up on his uh, Instagram. He did the uh, standard measurements and shapes poster. I, I for... knew of all of them it was going to be that one because it's bright yellow and black and red. Oh, uh, yeah. He did it, and it says for Artists for Education. He posted it six weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, shout out, Scott. Man, that's how cool is that to like talk about something like this on the show and then realize like you have artists that are in your community that have participated? Like That's... That's really cool. So, yeah, it's fun. Um, anyway, here, here's the big thing. This is uh, this should be a no-brainer this week. Um, it, it's Tuesday. That means two days ago, you just watched the season finale to Westworld. Westworld mm-hmm. uh, is, a, is an HBO... Um, uh, let me pause real quick. A- HBO, I think them and Netflix are probably the most consistent when it comes to like programming. Like I expect if they put out a show that it's going to be a worthwhile watch, even if I don't initially like think I care about the subject matter. Um, I mean, I just feel like they're they're really far up there. So uh, anyway, uh, HBO show it, it's gone, gone ten episodes now. This is the season one. It just wrapped with uh, episode ten, and um, it's a dealing with Westworld. It's this in, environment where people can pay an incredible amount of money to go live out their fantasy given that in this case their fantasy is to be in the wild west and they can go interact and and do whatever they want to and and in all of the players in this environment are uh it's like robots they're hosts that's the term for them um but to the to the casual observer it all looks completely realistic uh it's incredible and so we're now um 10 episodes in and we've been following the path uh, of a few people and uh, primarily uh, Dolores, uh, mm-hmm. who is one of the hosts. Um, D- well, Dolores and uh, Maeve, or however you say her name. Um, Maeve, yeah. Maeve. And then um, Ford, who is the, the owner. And then also um, uh, Man in Black and then William. Those are kind of the, the primary arcs that we've been watching as the show's gone on. And uh, now we have some uh, resolution of sorts. So before we get into spoilers, because we're going to go super heavy into them and there's plenty of them uh let me just say that um if i remember correctly there were some writing changes like second or third episode where they shifted some people around or they maybe uh changed some of the script slightly i'm not sure uh there are still a lot of callbacks early episodes but i will say this season was on very shaky ground for me episode three like if episode four was like boring that's just the word I was done with it. Like, I wasn't going to give any more time to it. I didn't care. It was all hype. Um, 
going through the season, it really did build from that point for me. Four got better, five got better, six got better. It kept yeah. it kept pushing the bar. Um, when I initially watched the finale, my initial reaction was I was let down with how it wrapped. I was not super pumped with with kind of what happened. I went back and rewatched it today. Completely different reaction to it. I have so many things I loved about it. Wait, so, so okay. <clears throat> why why do you think that was? I mean, if you can say that without spoilers, but yeah, let's still, why, let's still stay in generalities yeah, until we why, get all of our feelings. Lev- so I, I there could be a level of engagement because uh, I initially watched it on Sunday, but Sunday is one of those. I had to get up at five in the morning because I wouldn't play drums. And then, you know, like it's one of those, it was just a really long day. I was doing freelance work all day, feeling a little bit of the like burnout from staring at a screen. I think part of that stuff played into it. Um, I think, I think that part of it too was kind of like my own expectations that I had placed on how the series should wrap uh, or how the, the first season should wrap. I think that could be part of it too. So I think there's different things that played into it. Honestly, I think there was a large part of it was that, I just missed things on the first watch. There were things that were very important uh, that that simply just slipped by the first time I saw it. I, I didn't see them as being important. When I watched it again, I, I caught a bunch of things that I went, oh, oh, now I know what that means. Oh, now I know what that means. Oh, that's a reference to this. And it became, um, it felt much more thought out the second watch. It, it became more meaningful the second time. So that's probably, those are the, the various things I would attribute to, but definitely a totally different experience. Hmm. All right, Luke, how did you feel about it? I loved it. I mean, I think I texted you guys after I watched it just like, uh, wow, loved it. <laughs> I think we finished it within 60 seconds of each other. I think other. we did too. It was I was amazed because you, you texted out right right before I was going to text. I, um, I said, just finished. And you're like, me too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I So did, I, did it do what you thought that it like not what you thought it was going to do but did it did it meet your expectations whether or not it fulfilled what your uh your was I happy with how everything were. happened? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I would say overall I was happy with how things happened. Um I didn't expect some of it. Um I didn't uh Yeah, I I'll say that. That's about it. Like um before spoilers, I I liked I liked what happened. Um there were things that caught me off guard that I loved and um, some things I didn't love, but not enough to make me not like it. So Yeah, it didn't affect it. Um, I'm the same way. I think uh, for me, the biggest the biggest takeaway that I had was um, in my head, I was like, how do they how do they go? Like, is this a conclusion? Right. Or is it an open ended thing? And what they gave me was both. And I love that idea. I love that they concluded something, but that there's still also this hanging what comes next. Um, And they did it, and I think a very, very smart way. And what they did, Patrick, like I think you alluded to this, where they... um, they referenced back to all of these things that have happened throughout the season, even going back to episode one, um, that now in retrospect makes so much more sense. Um, and I love it because now what that means is I can go back and watch season one, um, while we're waiting for season two to be produced and 
having more of that, you know, that knowledge base, be able to enjoy or understand things deeper going back and, and rewatching the first season, you know? And I think sure. when a show can do that, like Arrested Development is a good example of that. You can go back and see things in season in, in, in Arrested Development that are, that are themes that happen throughout the entire show. But if you, until you watch the season through once, specifically season four, if, unless you see the entire season through once, you won't get them. But if you watch it back a second time, you're like, oh, that's that person, or that's going to be this, or whatever. Um, they did a great job with that. So um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, Patrick, unless you have any addendums, that this is going to be a time for us to kill the spoiler. Well, let me just say this for anybody thinking about watching. I think this is important that okay. um, it, this is not a family-friendly show. Uh, it's pretty far from it. So I would just say that if you are wanting to get in the show, you are wanting to watch it, uh, awesome um i think everybody here is going to say it is a worthwhile watch i i don't know i don't know if anybody's going to say it's the best thing on tv but i think everybody will agree it's worthwhile um but just just know that it it is uh pretty uh adult themed and gets pretty intense especially as it progresses so just keep that in mind if you go to watch the show but anyway that being said um we are gonna do some heavy spoiling spoiling (laughs) yeah spoiling before we before we actually go into all that stuff if you want to stop the episode now that's fine just make sure you find us on m of one podcast go to our website and find the archive find the show notes and links to all the stuff that we were talking about in this episode you can support us on patreon like we said earlier there is the contest um that you want to make sure that you're a part of with art for arsenal handicraft for their print that they're giving away graciously we're going to give more information about that at the end of this episode um but just keep that in mind that that's going to be coming as well um but if you're if you're bidding us a do for now make sure you hop back in later um to hear some of that stuff but for now spoilers are on their way all right so okay well I mean, I could kick this off. I guess it's my category that makes kind of sense. Go for it. Um, I, a lot of the motivations of people were lost on me initially. So, like, trying to figure out why did Maeve behave the way that she did, um, trying to understand some of the reasons for did what he did. But I think actually they were, as much as they've been, like, uh, misdirecting, and, and misdirecting might not even be the term. It's just that... Um, it's easy to forget that hosts are programmed by people and it's easy to forget like as much as it's a danger for people in the park to start treating the hosts as though they're real and, and to like forget that it's just a thing someone created. I think as the viewer, it's very easy for the viewer to start treating it as though it is real instead of realizing it is a thing that's programmed and created. And so I don't think that that was misdirection on their part. I think that's a failure on my part watching it. So there were some things that resolved a certain way that I, I just missed the importance of um, uh, of of like what was happening. So for instance, Maeve, she doesn't stay on the train. My right. first watch, it didn't really mean much to me. Like, she's on the train. She got off. Okay, whatever. I don't know why she's going back for her daughter, blah, blah, blah. On the second watch, what I realize is that based on the conversation that they had in cold storage, with where Bernard. there's actually, with Bernard, the action she's supposed to take, he starts to say the one about, like, inf- infiltrating or, or whatever, the mainland. Like, he starts to say it, and it's what's on the screen, and that's when she cuts him off and breaks the tablet. So she was supposed to, according to the list that was there, the way she was programmed, she was supposed to stay on the train. And in that moment, she got off the train. Part of that was also spurred on by the memory when the guy passed her the note. And that guy is not a host that gave her the note. He's a human. And so 
I guess my point is it's that may have actually been a moment where she did actually break her programming, where she did have a spark of being real that is very important, but I just missed it on the first now, watch because of whatever now, reason. Now, specifically to that that idea, I so I only watched it once, I'll say that. I thought that he was saying that she doesn't go through with getting like with leaving on the train. I thought he was getting ready to say that she ultimately stops and that's where she stops him from talking. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. Yeah, I I don't I don't I know that he was getting ready to say what happened, but I don't know that we were actually privy to I don't remember the part about her going to 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 actually leaving. I, I went back and looked it up. So okay. I watched it again today, and then I went back and looked it up, and um, it's it says her going to the mainland. And he's okay. going to say the word mainland, and she cuts him up. She cuts him off after <coughs> Maine. Yeah. But on the screen, because on the screen it had like commented out all the steps. You can One read it. One of the it. steps, you can actually read it. Gotcha. So okay. it was, so I it was that like, part. Now, she left the bag on the train, so so whatever the bag was that they told her to get together, I don't remember exactly what was in there or if they told us what was in there, um, the bag did stay on the train. That's so the data. That's like the data stuff, like the uh, proprietary information or whatever. Gotcha. They, okay, yeah. So that still stayed. She got back off, and then the note that was slipped to her was just that guy knew. You know, that guy's like been building a relationship with her because that's who she's been interacting with the whole time yeah um he slipped her like saying if you go to war i guess it said like world one zone eight or whatever it said uh that that's where you'll find your kid and um so anyway so can i okay so um do you guys both watch this on on hbo now uh, yes and let me HBO say okay. go. for people that okay. don't realize this even on hbo now like you can watch it when it airs yeah. it was incredible and i, I could yeah. fast forward yeah, yeah. the whole thing it wouldn't have made any sense to but I mean, yeah. I talked to someone today that was like, "Oh, I can't watch. I couldn't watch it last night because I have HBO now." And I was like, like "That's literally that's literally the whole point of HBO now. You can watch it when well, it's." Well, I know, and I think people are so ingrained from like Hulu, Hulu or whatever that they can't. Yes, you can. So there's so, my presidential speech. So at the end of it, at the end of the episode, they do like this little uh, this recap deal with uh, with producers or actors or whoever. Um, and they talk about how the, the closing of this season and this whole season was all about the idea of control and how they these these hosts have been under the control of these people. They're created. Um, they are not creators. They are created. And that that the end of this season season marks a very specific watershed moment where season two is all about chaos so the idea then that you're saying that you're proposing of like her stepping off the train being a breaking of that programming totally falls in line with what they're saying season two is going to be all about which is um no longer are are all of the hosts under the control of of the the larger organization but that they could have a little bit more um individual control which would then be more chaotic as far as the world is concerned as a, as a whole well that's kind of Ford's speech too i mean Ford's speech talks about how this new his new um, um narrative is called into the darkness and it starts in a time of war and and like that's that's kind of the whole thing he's setting up when all this is happening which also makes it um that also falls in line to what he's saying, I guess I'm getting at. 
So, so did you guys, how, how early on did you guys figure out that, that Ford was going to die? I, I don't know that I did. I, I okay. didn't really figure it out until did you? the end. Um, when he, yeah, I figured it out when, uh, the, what's her name? Um, I can't remember her name, but the, the head of the board comes to him and tells him that he's fired. Essentially, they're going to, that they're going to be letting him go. I knew at that moment. Oh, he, he was, said, I guess I'm not getting promoted. And she said, well, yeah, when you're at the top, there's only one place to go. Right. That whole conversation. And he's like, well, I look forward to whatever this evening. I'm like, oh, he's, he's got this grand thing planned and and he's going to die. Like this is going to be his his final slip. Now, I didn't realize he was going to have a host kill him. I thought he was going to kill himself. Um and I guess in some ways he did um by having Dolores do it. But um it was Luke, uh Can I I want to I want to interject the thing that I was thinking. I sent you something earlier. Was I right that that's what the point you were going to make or no? Um okay, so yeah, before we started the episode, um I I had a a, a good conversation with it uh with uh, a friend of ours on the Slack channel, uh Gabe Barletta about uh just the finale and kind of thoughts and uh just suspicions and different things we thought about the episode and the season um and then i i told patrick and he said well let me i'm going to send it to you and tell me if you're right um yes so uh w- the idea is that um so throughout that whole episode and kind of throughout the season mostly the episode um you see ford building this uh this uh figure another figure and you uh, you kind of assume that the the host he's building is just uh you know, part of the new narrative. Um, the idea that Gabe and I and uh, and Patrick have is that and me, uh, uh, sure, okay, <laughs> <laughs> is that um, he was creating a host that looked like him. So he actually didn't die. Like he, uh, his host was was essentially murdered by oh, Dolores. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Right? So, you just blew my freaking mind. Here's the part that I sent to Luke that maybe backs that up. If you remember, the last time he shakes, what's his name's hand? Um, I keep forgetting his name. Um, Bernard. Bernard's hand. The last time he shakes his hand, the camera zooms in on the hand shaking. And if you remember all the way back to episode one, he makes the comment that the thing about he's talking about hosts and getting it right. He said it's really difficult to get the hands right. The hands are typically the giveaway when it comes to like a host versus a human. And so when he shook hands with Bernard, it zoomed in on his hand oh, oh with Bernard's. And that's another reason that I kind of have this feeling that, you know, it, it would fall pretty in line that maybe that was his host. And he let his host die, and he's still out there somewhere. Guys, right. you're you're just blowing all of my minds all <laughs> apart right now. Uh, so speaking <laughs> of mind blown, another thing that happened is we learned that the man in black was actually William, and that yeah. what we've been seeing Old of Bill. Dolores is like flashes of um, Arnold talking to her and what she's remembering, and all the stuff with William has actually been uh, flashbacks. Yeah, so like what, like sixty years yeah. earlier, fifty years uh, earlier. Yeah, yeah, it, dude. Okay, so I didn't see that coming. Like, it makes perfect sense now that you see it, but the way they cut it all together throughout the season, man, it just blew it was incredible. Me away. Like, so I was just like, am, oh yeah, that's perfect. I'm, 
I'm kind of disappointed. Um, okay, so there's a guy that listens to the show. His name is Travis. Um, and Travis is, uh, he's a close friend of mine. Y'all, y'all guys met him in Ohio. I love Travis. And, he's uh, one of the funniest people I know. I yeah. also, too, as well, love Travis. He's waiting for y'all to kick me off the show so he can apply to be the third host. So, oh, he's in. Anyway, but, Done. but he, <laughs> he loves Westworld. Like, he's, he's all over it. And, uh, and he said to me, this was back at, like, episode four, he made the comment that uh, I guess he'd been reading a lot of the fan theories and stuff like that. He he pointed, I didn't know this theory at the time, that William was the man in black. And so that has been in the back of my mind since episode four. And I really hate it because I would have never put that together. I would have been fully surprised by this episode. I love that I was surprised. unfortunately, it was kind of pre-spoiled for me just because he mentioned this fan mm. theory to me six episodes ago. That's why you don't um, read fan theories. They handled it in a great way, and it I was, would have never guessed it. Was it. One of, it reminded me, so it, like when that reveal happened, it reminded me of something that I haven't experienced in a really long time. And I think the last time was like um, something from Lost, where you just saw it and you were like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like it makes perfect sense <laughs> once they tell yeah. you, but you don't even think it. Um, and they, I mean, I think they hit it perfectly. Now... Now that they've revealed it, you look back and a lot of it really makes a ton of sense. But, um, well, the whole time man. cluster thing for me is like it just it it messes with my head. Yeah. And it's it's great. I mean, you think you go back to so I picked up on it a little bit when he when the photo fell out yes. of the back oh, of yeah. his thing. Well, that's when that's I when knew. I started thinking. Wait a minute, hang on. I didn't know that he was going to be the man in black yet, but I thought. There's something happening with time here, and I don't know what it is. Like that's what um, that's what triggered that. But holy cow, I, they did great. And, and and then so beyond that, they also so we knew about this that we had talked. I think in the when we when you first talked about the show, I think Luke, were you the one who brought it up? Yeah, on the show uh, or on the on the podcast. Um, the whole that there's other worlds besides Westworld. Right. And Samurai we see that. world. We see that. And that was so cool. And they don't really tell you anything about it, but they allude to it. And a, f- a couple of cool scenes, including the stinger, take place in um, the development of the Samurai world place. So yeah, all you see um, is the SW logo. Right. And then you see like a few rooms of these guys and they look freaking BA and terrifying. Um but yeah, that was a super cool point. I, you know, I'll say this: you you made the comment about jumping through time and how it's kind of maddening. Yeah. One thing I like is that Dolores' whole thing is that while she's trying to like control herself, she doesn't know where she is. Like, right. in, like yeah. chronologically, she's all over the place. That's what she's feeling. Um, and so I think that's a really cool thing. Of if you're feeling confused and lost, then I think that's also kind of pointing to how much more is Dolores feeling confused and lost. Because she's constantly hearing all these voices until finally she she focuses on her own. I think they um, did a great job of pulling us into to feeling what the characters feel. Yep. Dolores is this for sure is the story of Dolores and her journey. Um, even though you feel like a couple of times you start you start taking on other people's journeys, but ultimately where it began and where it ended is Dolores's journey, and you feel what she feels. They did a great job of pulling me in, feeling part of the story. Not every show, most shows can't do that. Not even a lot of movies can't even do that anymore. Right. Um, to help pull you into their reality. Um, 
And this one really did it. And so, I mean, and yeah. And how smart. I mean, the whole the whole setup was great. Maeve got played so hard. Yeah. Uh, and then leaving Bernard down there, knowing that Bernard was going to be found by them and all that. Gosh, the whole setup was great. Um, there was there was one more thing I wanted to point out about the, uh, the uh, season. And I totally, it slipped my mind. So... So let me there ask. Were boobs. The, <laughs> no, I haven't let me ask that this. Do, do you guys think that uh, the man in black is dead, or William is dead? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay, and then no, and in fact, do you want a big spoiler? No, sure. Wait, do we want no, a big no. spoiler for next season? Is that yeah. what you mean? No, it, we don't want. Not. We don't want to be spoiled. Are you kidding? Are you serious? Do you know? What us? are you talking? Well, just say, just saying that gives us more information than we want to yeah, know. I don't even want to. You need to stop talking, Travis. Get ready. You're on next week. Um, <laughs> so the problem is, he, next week he's going to call and be like, he's going to call in and be like, Patrick, what are you doing on here? You heard them. You're not on here. Get off. Um, so, let, how bad did you want to help uh, William understand the maze? Like, cause he still, when he was asking her about it, when he was saying, just tell me what's at the middle. And she was just kind of like laughing it off. Cause he just obviously didn't understand that it was just freedom of your mind. Uh, how much did, did you want to be like, dude, you're just, you're not like, I think if he would have understood what that was, everything would have changed for him. So I'm, here's one thing I'm curious about. Well, I do, because ultimately she said it to him, this isn't for you. Right. And uh, and then also Ford said it to him, it isn't for you. But that's what, every, and, yeah, so and, that's what everybody said And the little said girl him, said that. And that's what, but, that was what was driving him is because he doesn't hear that. He's the guy that never hears that from anybody. He gets anything he wants in, right, in Westworld the, and in real life. So like, but, but ultimately, the control was for hosts to learn the, to control themselves in their consciousness, right? Like that—that that was the point of it, right? And he doesn't need that because he—he's not a host, so it literally was not for him. I know, but if um, he you know, was able to, if somebody would have told him what that was, what the maze was, because that's all he wanted to know is what's at the center of the maze. That's what he's been driving at the whole season. If somebody would have, if if she would have uh, said that to him, I think that would have changed him a little bit. I don't necessarily know that. I I know that I don't necessarily agree with that because I think what he really wanted was not necessarily to know what was at the center of the maze. He wanted to be able to get to the center of the maze so that he could alter things in such a way so that the host could be less in control. So, which is at, at the end when the when the when the uh, um, the mob comes at him and they shoot him and he actually gets hit as opposed to him looking hurt. He has this face of elation. Like this is a new game. Like I yeah, can get hurt no, now. He I'm them, like into this. Yeah, no, he, he wanted the, he wanted the challenge that, I mean, that's what he said. He's, he was right. Sick so of- I don't know that just knowing, knowing that what the center of the maze, what he would still want to know how to get there, so that no, but that's he ultimately what he what he wanted is them to be able to choose to fight back or to make their own choice versus just following these programmed things that they have. Right. Been yeah, I'm, forever. I'm going to play the middleman on this because I, I I agree with both of you. I think him hearing that wouldn't have been enough. But I don't think he would have then looked for the center of the maze. I think ultimately he wanted them to behave outside the bounds of the humans because right. he wanted them to he wanted them to be unpredictable and he wanted it to them to take on a life of their own, whether it was actual life or not. 
And so he believed the center of the maze was the way to find, like, for them to become unpredictable. But if he found out the center of the maze wasn't, then I think he would have just looked for another route. I don't think he would have ever stopped. But, right. um, but that's what I'm saying. Wasn't that the center of the maze? Is they become, uh, ha- have freedom of mind to be able to be unpredictable, to do make their own choices? They, sure. They hear yeah. their voice. They have consciousness, I guess. Right. I think the that's point of saying. it was to the, hear their voice. Right. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Isn't that what he wanted? That is what he wanted, but but he, I think, he didn't know what he was asking for because ultimately he couldn't, that's why they kept saying, you could, and you know this, that's why they kept saying it's not for you because it's literally nothing he could do to make them get there. So like there was nothing I, for him to be able to do because even Ford couldn't make uh, Dolores get there. Even Bernard and Arnold couldn't make Dolores get there. She had to get there on her own. So... It's one of those situations where even if he had found the center and found out that that's what it actually meant, there's nothing he could have done about it. It was a futile. I attempt. know, but I think I think if he would have been told that that's what the center was, he wouldn't have stopped trying to get to the center and just said that. Yeah, that's what I want. Like, yeah. Instead of and yeah, I don't know. Okay. But there's also you could you could also make the argument because it was said multiple times that that kind of uh, knowing comes from pain. Um, and like Ford tells Bernard that he hasn't experienced enough yet. Uh, it, the fact is the amount of pain that he inflicted on Dolores, he may have pushed her to that point. So That's he true. may have been very crucial to her getting there. Sure. Um, so anyway, it, here's my last thoughts, um, because I think it's probably something we could talk about for a long time. Uh, a couple last things. Um, William's partner, uh, what's his name? Uh, they never say that he dies, right? His brother-in-law. Right. His brother-in-law, and I will say this: as you saw, for instance, when uh, Man in Black uh, almost got hung by the horse, uh, people can step in, right? I mean, people are monitoring what where the uh, humans are and like what's going on. The like, guests are, I should say. Yeah. People are monitoring what they're doing and where they're going, and people can intervene. My point is, I don't think he just died out in the world. I, I think he's still out there. Um, an- another thing that I would say is, I in I'm the park, kind of, you think. Yeah, I don't think he died in the park. I think he was rescued because the, he, all those people are being. Well, that's what tracked. I mean. You think he's still in the park? I don't or think are he's you in saying, the park. Oh, no, I think he's yeah, probably back in the world and working yeah. for William somehow. But I, I think he's still around. I think we'll see him. Um, and then the other thing is, I, you know, one thing I'm struck by is that I don't know. You know, um, okay, so Bernard, who before was Arnold, uh, Arnold's goal. Um, was to initially see if uh, a host could solve the maze, uh, gain consciousness, right? Once a host gained consciousness, he then, um, and, and part of that was through giving them like uh, the painful memories, right? That was a, a, a part of them getting to that point. Well, what he didn't realize is that he created this eternal being that now could suffer eternally because he was feeling the pain from the death of his son. Right. And so knowing the pain he felt, but knowing that at least he was finite, so it would be over at some point, realizing that he created an eternal being that could now feel his pain, um, that was a horrifying realization to him because he, he honestly ended up creating hell. That's what he did in his mind. That was tough. What I'm realizing, I think, is that Ford isn't necessarily trying to push hosts to consciousness. I think Ford was just trying to get the host to the point that um, whether or not they were fully conscious wasn't the point. They were still formidable against humans. 
And I think at this point, he's now removed all the people from the situation that can intervene, uh, including himself. Whether or not he's whether he's still alive somewhere or not, it doesn't really matter. He's removed everyone from the situation, and now the host can enter the mainland. And I think that that is a, a pretty and, – and the thing is, whether or not they have consciousness or not, the fact is, to anyone around them, they appear as a fully conscious human, right? There's no, like, discernible, like, sign. Uh, that is a very interesting thought to me, and I'm very curious to see what that looks like in uh, the next season. Unfortunately, the next season is until 2018. So we – um, we have some time to go back and watch season one. That's right. And over if you haven't and watched and it and you're still listening, sorry. <laughs> Not really sorry. We <laughs> warned you. So. so those are my thoughts. I think on a, I think this is a show that's going to get better on a subsequent, a subsequent watch uh, for sure. Um, and I, I'm excited to see um, over the next week, two weeks, stuff like that, the stuff that people start posting. I saw a picture someone posted from season six. I'm sorry, episode six, and it shows Ford, and he's got a map on a table, and it's where the final, like, all the people came out of the woods and, like, attacked the final party or whatever, and he's sitting at a table, and he has all these figures lined up on the tree line, and it's the big city to the side, and it's from four episodes ago, but it's obvious that he was planning this big event then. Uh, I'm excited to see all the callbacks that that show up, mm-hmm. especially yeah. as people start rewatching at this point, and with all that in mind. So you know, you know what it to me, it, it is reminiscent to me of the Book of Eli with Denzel Washington, where you go and by the the end of it, you realize that he's blind, and then you're like, uh, you go back and watch the movie again, and you're like, oh my gosh, so many slight nods to it that you would never know. Um, you know what I mean? Unless you know that he's blind. So it's just cool. Anyway, um, that's our extensive review of not just the season finale, but the really, a a, a full review of, um, Westworld and we'll see what happens a year from now. So stay tuned for that conversation. (laughs) Um, but for now, if you stuck with us, thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, because of that, you get rewarded with being the first ones to hear about how you can win an Arsenal handicraft piece. So last week we talked to Arsenal handicraft. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. They are incredible. They're a duo who does everything from the concept to the design, to the printing all in house. Um, and they, we talked extensively about their newest piece that they just came out with um, this weekend. And um, they are graciously giving that piece to one of you lucky people. So here's what you need to do. Um, we're going to post an image on our social media. We'll post it tonight if you're listening to this on release day. So Tuesday night, um, the 6th, December 6th, we will post an image. Use that image. Post it um, yourself and tag... Um, Arsenal Handicraft and tag us in it. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and follow them on Instagram and um, share the image. And that's it. You get entered to win just for doing that. And you can win a beautiful um, glow in the dark Arsenal Handicraft piece. This piece has like, I believe they said five different kinds of glow in the dark ink on it. Yeah. Dude, have you have you paid attention to like the glow? It's like a diver underwater. Mm-hmm. And they're using a split fountain through two different glow inks which is just you get this crazy gradient between glows and then when it's when it is actually glowing when it's dark 
it's like so you see just the diver but then when it's glowing you see is like flashlight is one color you have the gradient and then there's like sharks underwater and like all these like fish and wildlife and, and stuff and so it's really cool. cool it looks uh, crazy and yeah. and they're gonna give away a signed numbered version of this to one of you so um you have between now on release day so tuesday the 6th through sunday night um to enter this contest very simple follow both of us Post the image that we post on our on our Instagram and tag us both in it, and that's it. Um, and you're entered to win. So make sure you do that. You can also find us on uh, mofonepodcast.com where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff that we talked about in this episode. And uh, you can find us on social media, like we said, M of One Podcast on all the different platforms. You can join the conversation on Slack. Um, just go to mofonepodcast.com/slash/slack. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Patrick, when you subscribe, what is a thing you can do after you've subscribed? You can rate and review. Uh, it just takes you a couple, uh, you know, it, it's a, uh, like a minute, like 45 seconds. You can leave a review of us and as our uh, as our thanks and our appreciation, we, we will read your review on the air no matter what it says. And in fact, we have one for this week. This yeah, comes from Mr. Adam Keeper, and Adam was nice enough to send it to us. This is actually a review on the UK iTunes. Mm. Uh, we, you know, we only see America unless we uh, we dig for it. So, thank you for sending this to us. But um, this is from Adam, and uh, the title is Jolly Banter. And uh, this now you're is... supposed to read this with an English accent. That was part of the deal. Oh, what? Are you serious? Yeah. 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 Oh, I well, I'm not reading this then. Yeah, Andrew, I think you, you should. This. I think you should. You started it. You got to finish. You start. No, I don't have an English accent. <laughs> uh, you barely have an American accent. Obviously, you do. Let's do it. No, well, and no, 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 no. I no, I don't have an English accent. I will try to read a, a portion of it in an English accent, but I, I need you to get going so then I can just mimic you. So <laughs> I just all right. I, let me. I just sent it to it? you in. It's in Skype, so you okay, have. I probably so should I'll, I'll pull it up. All right. Um, you posted an image of it. That's helpful. Um, well, that's all right. what I have. So, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, um, jolly banter. All right, so that's that's how you would say that. Let's say now you go. <laughs> no, 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 no. You you do the first paragraph. I'll read, I'll read the first paragraph. All right. Every week I think to myself, hmm, I must add an iTunes review for this excellent podcast. And now I know there is possibly a possibility it can be read out in a dubious English accent. I just really had to pull my finger out and write one. See, I don't know what first, that means. I guess it's an English phrase. Pull my finger out and write well, one. Well, obviously, he wrote his like, finger. Duh. I mean, that's normal. Okay. There's 50% of me that thinks this is racist, but um, only only 50%. Um, <laughs> Make sure that everything's... Are we recording? Good. Yeah. Okay, go, Patrick. <laughs> uh, I have to stop laughing. Uh, I first chanced across this podcast when Frank Kozik was being interviewed, which was a really inspiring episode and well worth a listen. So much did I enjoy the jolly banter of the masters that I've become a regular subscriber. That's pretty decent. Yeah, you did great. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No, 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 Luke, you got the next one. The format of the show is a little like a game, each master drawing tokens on a different pop culture categories, about which they give the listener up to the minute review, news and reviews. There are also plenty of guests from the art and design community that are always quite fascinating, and I have introduced me and have <laughs> introduced me to a lot of different work that I wouldn't have otherwise been aware of. 
The masters go out of their way to make the listeners of the podcast feel a create part of a creative community and their love of toys and games make you feel a bit better about your own little obsessions. Example given, being a grown man who just who is just as into comics and children's books as his five-year-old is. Wait, wait, EG means examples given? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never knew what the What G did you think of that? Yeah. I just I was like, an example. That's probably IE, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's a different abbreviation. <laughs> I just it's still example. It's practically <laughs> the same thing. Also very much enjoy Patrick's. Why did I get this one? Consumer <laughs> rights rents. Sorry, old bean. Hope one day your purchases work out for you. But it's pretty good value. <laughs> I can't even do this anymore. Let rip about it on air. We've all been there. <laughs> Keep up the good work, chaps. There we go. <laughs> oh, End right. scene. I am proud of us. I, I am assume sorry. everyone's clapping. I am right sorry. Oh, gosh. If you stuck around to the very end, that's a, uh, either a great thing for you or a terrible note to end on. I don't but know. But yeah, here's the thing. Leader, leave a review because much like Ron Burgundy, we're going to read whatever's on the prompter. So <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Who put a question mark on there? Everyone knows Luke doesn't know. All right, so uh, so go ahead and do that. And then we, um, honestly, you can find us on our personal social medias, but why do that? We are all on M of One Podcast. Um, so go find us there. Listen, subscribe, rate, review, support, uh, join the Slack community, all these fantastic ways to connect with us. But for now, we're out of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. And I'm Luke. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. Next, we're going to draw some catatowns. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> try that again. Up next, <laughs> we're not drawing anything. That was the problem. Bring her back online.